Hello and welcome back to Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez. And just a little bit about myself. I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right. You heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ. And this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk. And I want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2023. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Guys, today I have an incredible episode. I am here joined together with my friends from the Jubilee episode, Can I Change Being Gay or something like that. (laughs) Um, We are the ex-LGBTQ side that they had. And so I'm just super happy to be here. Like, I'm very happy to just be talking. I wish I could talk with them all night, but we all have schedules and different things to do. So I brought them all together. Actually, this is uh, Roderick's idea to do this. And so shout out to him. And uh, we're here on the podcast to just talk about our experiences, talk about our testimony, things that we liked about uh, Jubilee and uh, and things that we learned. And so we're going to start off. You guys already know my testimony, gay stripper, New York, travel the world, did all that depression, suicide. The Lord saved me. And now I'm a brand new man. I teach the word of God. I have an entire ministry. I'm a pastor online. So but I wanted to introduce Zyla. So Zyla, you first walked in. I didn't know what to think. Like, I didn't know if you were going to be on the other side or if you were going to be with us. Um, and yeah. So, yeah. And you were the most quiet out of everyone in our group. I know. But I was super nervous. But um, yeah, you know, the Lord gave me that boldness that day. I, I don't know how. I don't know why. But I ended up there. Um, so, yeah, a little bit about myself. I am born and raised on from an island on Oahu. Uh, that is uh, one of the eight islands in Hawaii. And I, you know, I moved to L.A. for college and I've just been living here. I actually got saved here in um, August of 2021. But a little bit about how I grew up. Uh, so my parents, well, actually, my great great grandparents, they migrated from the Philippines to Hawaii in 1923. So my my family's been in Hawaii for a very long time. Um, I did. I love I, the way you say Hawaii too. Hawaii. Hawaii. Well, it's actually Hawaii, but I'm just <laughs> I, I'm gonna say it like Hawaii. Um, it's beautiful. I'm like I'm totally saying it wrong. I want to say it like that. <laughs> Hawaii. Hawaii. Yes. So, um, you know, I grew up naturally as a Catholic. It's very common for Filipinos to be to, to grow up Catholic. So I've always been spiritual, um, and since from a young age, I've always believed in the spiritual realm because I had encounters with um, what I always thought was just ghosts, but now I know they, they're they just like spiritual entities. So I never had a problem with believing the spiritual realm. Um, and I'm gonna just fast forward to like around the time I was 11 years old, I experienced something really traumatic. Um, I was forced to move out of my grandparents' house and move with my mom and her boyfriend, um, who is my stepdad now, who I love very much. But then at the time as an 11 year old, it was very confusing. Um, And that's kind of like where the rebellion started Um, and, you know, just starting to do uh, drugs and alcohol as a a 14 year old, really. And that's when I also started exploring my sexuality. Um, And I feel like when I went on Jubilee, I I saw the, the, you know, ex-LGBT testimony. I never thought that I was going to come out like that, like that being kind of like the highlight of my testimony, because really being an ex-LGBT was just a piece of my testimony. But I thought like, hey, uh, when I you know, was getting immersed in like the Christian um, community, I 
didn't really find that many uh, ex-LGBT testimonies. So I thought to myself, like, hey, I want to be a part. Let me be a part of that conversation. Maybe I have something to contribute. And I, I truly believe that God put us together right for this reason here today. But I think um, when I became a Christian and when I became born again, it wasn't my goal to be like, oh, I need to get rid of homosexuality. Right. It was actually the last thing that I went through. So I believe in spiritual warfare. I I believe in self-deliverance. And when I was going through my self-deliverance, just closing all the doors um, that I gave the enemy legal rights to all the, the bondages and soul ties that I needed to break, um, covenants I needed to break. Uh, actually, one thing I do want to mention. So a huge part of how I ended up renouncing my LGBT lifestyle is because for a very long time, for 18 years of my life, I suffered from something called sleep paralysis. We don't, I never knew it was called, that the clinical term was called sleep paralysis. In Hawaii, we call it the choking ghost. So I, I've since from a young age of 11 years old, all the way up until being 29 years old, I dealt with uh, sleep paralysis. And even just growing up dealing with it, I was like, oh, oh, it's here comes a choking ghost. And what happens is when you um, when you're you're laying down in bed, you're half awake, half asleep. And it's almost like a, like an entity is paralyzing your body. It's honestly it feels like spiritual rape because you don't you don't know why it's happening. You don't like it. Um, and it it leaves when it wants to leave. So it's just something I struggled with for many, many years. And yeah, as, they usually call that as well the succubus, because what they do is they yes. try to remove the sexual energy from a person's body. And the, the person can also have wet dreams of sorts. And they say that the spirit feeds off of that. Yes. So, um, yes, that's right. And I did speak with another friend who um, comes from more, uh, more Latin culture, and she did actually tell me that uh, it is like a sexual spirit. So, um, yeah, so I dealt with that for many, many years, and I didn't know why. Um, I just thought like, oh, I need to get baptized, like with the Catholic Church, though. I'm not thinking I have no concept of what being born again is. I'm just like, I need to get baptized. Like I don't know like what this is. And then it get, gets to a point where I just become an accepting of it. But um, yeah, so when I become born again, I'm still dealing with this. Right. So I I, I delve into uh, deliverance ministries and they you know, I learn about the spirit of lust. Um you know, sexual spirits, water spirits, all these things. And, and, um, yeah, that was the, uh, that was a door that I needed to, to close. That's what I needed to renounce was my, the, the way I experienced with sexuality in my younger, you know, during my child, my teenage years. Uh, so that, that's how I came about like, oh, I guess I do have this ex LGBT testimony. I, I didn't realize it. Right. So I had to throw away a bunch of things, I, you know, fast and pray and, and do all of that. Um, and yeah, today I don't have any sleep paralysis. I can sleep in the dark. I can sleep facing up um, because that was one thing, too. I had to always sleep facing. I had to sleep on my belly. So for like, yeah, yeah like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you I have do. to sleep. Yeah, you have to sleep on your belly to so it doesn't come. But it was yeah. so strange because after accepting Jesus Christ, it came either way, sleeping on my belly or not. So I think what happened was because the spiritual realm knew that I gave my life to Christ, like the attacks was just coming like three, four times a night. 
Um, but I didn't realize that I had, uh, you know, a lot of things that I had to still renounce. Um, and that's why I believe in deliverance, you know, like, um, you know, you're, you can, you can be saved, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, um, and be saved, but you still going through that process of self-deliverance is still important because, because it does affect your life livelihood as a Christian, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. so that was more of the bigger part of my testimony. And obviously I didn't share that on Jubilee. I think, you know, <laughs> it's such a secular platform. I think that's just too like, like, well, I'd be crazy um, sounding with my sleep paralysis. But that's how um, I went into being like, okay, I need to renounce um, my ex, I'm sorry, my LGBT lifestyle, like, you know, the, the soul ties that I made when I identified as a bisexual. I have to renounce these things. And you know, along with other things too. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's so common. Like I grew up with, with my mom and she also uh, suffered from sleep paralysis. And it's happened to me a couple of times as well because the devil is always roaring, roaring like a lion. He's always wanting to have those opportunities to try to take us out. And so, yes, 100%. I think it, especially when it comes to LGBTQ, if you were a person that was hooking up a lot like I was. I, I hooked up with so many different people. I, I made so many like ties in the flesh with individuals that their demons probably became my demons. My demons mm -hmm. probably became their demons. There's like a like spiritual STDs going on, you know what I'm saying? And so those demons, like it's important for us when we go into the Christian life, like that we have those times of deliverance. It doesn't mean that you need deliverance for every like there's deliverance ministries out there nowadays that's just like you're tired. Oh, you need deliverance. Like it's like, no, you know, not oh, to yeah. that extent. It's just but it's so necessary, especially like there's an incredible video I highly recommend to my viewers by Derek Prince where he does. Is that the one you did? Oh, are you talking about where he does the self-deliverance? Yes. His birthday? Yeah. Is that like happy 86th or 87th birthday? Yes. I watched that video like three times because I had to watch it by myself and then I showed it to my parents. <laughs> yeah, that, that video is incredible for anybody who's like, oh, I don't really mm -hmm. want to go to deliverance ministry. You can do that at home. You can start to mm -hmm. renounce all these different types of things. But yeah, I think it's crucial. And that's that's a really beautiful part of your testimony as well. It's just like, oh, these were things that I picked up on the way that actually led to me wanting to know more about Christ. Like how funny a demon was supposed to take you away from Christ and them bothering you so much actually brought you closer to God. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Um, all right. So we also have the incredible Roderick here and uh, to share a little bit about uh -huh. his testimony. What's up, Roderick? So where are you? How old are you? Yeah. Um. So I live in East Lansing, Michigan. I'm 21 years old. I'm a student at Michigan State University, and this is actually my senior year. So I'm graduating next year. Awesome, dude. So yeah. So how did you come to Christ? Yeah. So I didn't really grow up in a religious household um, at first, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, right now, I have five sisters, but throughout my childhood growing up, only grew up with two to three sisters. And my dad, he's an alcoholic. And, you know, what came with that is him being abusive towards me and my sisters, like very physically abusive, um, even towards my mom. Him and my mom would get into fistfights a lot um and it was it was hard especially because like my mom she suffers from bipolar disorder um and so having that parenting dynamic within the household was actually really really hard for me to like watch and like try to understand as a child um and i didn't really understand it and it kind of forced me to like i guess in a sense have to grow up more faster than i should have with 
as a child and stuff because as a child i'm like oh you're supposed to like have fun like play ball like go ride a bike like have fun with other kids and stuff and not worry about your parents fighting at home not worried about when the next time your dad who's supposed to love you and protect you when the next time he's gonna hurt you and harm you and call you names and tell you and tell you that you're not his son um and so that was a really hard um thing in my life growing up but also in preschool which is crazy but in preschool i started to develop same-sex attractions towards the opposite sex like literally and like and i didn't have the language for it at the time i didn't know what it was but all i knew was that man i'm looking at guys in the same way that i'm observing my you know guy friends looking at girls or my girls that are friends looking at guys and i'm looking at guys in those same ways um but you know, I just, I, again, because I didn't have the language for it and stuff, and I wasn't really, like, thinking about, like, sex in preschool and stuff, you know, I went on throughout my life, um, growing with these desires, um, and the abuse got really, really bad to the point where when me and my family moved to Florida, our neighbors, um, started to catch wind about what was going on within our household, and child protective services ended up being called and we got taken away from our family members, uh, from our parents um, and placed into foster care in Brandon, Florida for about three to four years. Um, and that was transitioning into my middle school years. And in that time, um, I think I was about what, um, 11, maybe 12, um, going on 12. And then around that time, that's when I actually started to, um, you know, see, oh, what i'm feeling towards guys oh it's I, i'm gay and stuff oh wait this is there's a whole community for this lgbtq plus oh my gosh like this this is crazy uh so i'm not alone in feeling these attractions i'm not alone in um how i'm viewing guys um and so within middle school i started actually acting on my same-sex attractions fully um to the point where i was very young age and i know it's crazy i was sleeping with guys and like it was, and I, yeah, I had like, um, girlfriends and stuff, but like, I would never feel comfortable like kissing them. I would never feel comfortable, like trying to do sexual stuff with them. I actually never did that with them. Um, you know, throughout middle school and because I just wasn't comfortable with that, but with guys, like I leaned all the way in, I dated like a lot of guys. I slept with a lot of guys. I was just a mess in middle school. I was skipping school. Um, I was vandalizing homes. Um, I was cussing a lot. My grades were horrible, like D's and F's. Honestly, all throughout middle school up until my eighth grade year, they literally gave me uh, like the sheriff's department. I was I was so bad that the sheriff's department of that town, my eighth my eighth grade year of middle school, gave me an award, and the award was best turnaround student. Like literally, I was that bad that the sheriff's department delivered me an award for being the best turnaround student in our county. Crazy. Um, and so you know, I was just in the mentality of, well, you know, my my dad abused me. Um, I'm taken away from my mother. Um, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do at the end of the day. Like I have these attractions. I have these feelings. This is my life. What has life offered to me but pain and suffering and regret and shame? Um, so because of that, I'm like, I'm gonna live for me at the end of the day. I don't care what nobody thinks. I don't care what nobody says. I'm gonna go do me. Um, and then um, on the third year, third to fourth year of me and my sister's been in foster care, we um, got actually adopted by my grandmother. 
um, she finally found out that we were in foster care and she went through the parenting classes and everything. And we ended up um, moving to Michigan when she adopted us. The thing was, though, unfortunately, and obviously we didn't know this. And like the people who sent um, us with my grandmother didn't know this, but my grandmother ended up being just like my father and even worse. Like she started abusing us like to the power my sisters had little bruises on them and like cuts and scrapes they're bleeding on their necks like it it, it was just horrible like is this your grandma on your dad's side yes oh yes. wow so that that was generational stuff yes yes literally and so and so like you know just hearing things from her saying oh um you're gonna be just like you're good for nothing just like your good for nothing parents, you're never gonna amount to anything in life. I, no one is gonna love you like I do. You know, no one's gonna want you guys outside of me and stuff. Uh, um, and it it was just so hard, and especially because this is where the uh, I guess like primary religious aspect started to get into my life. She started. She took us to church every single Sunday, but yet went home and abused us every chance she got. And she was putting it on the front in front of the pastor at our church and put it on the front in front of the church members and stuff, going to all these church events, tithing even, like doing all these things, but yet abusing us, the ones who she chose to adopt, the ones who, you know, like who was already suffering as it was with all the things that we were that we've already gone through before being in a household with her. She chose to use the opportunity that God gave her to shepherd us well to abuse it. Um, and so that was now that's going into my high school years. And in high school, I um, eventually came out as gay on social media. Like, and all the people in my high school found out about it. My family members found out about it. I lost a lot of friends, primarily a lot of my guy friends, um, experienced a lot of hate um, online, um, in person. Um, people that used to talk to me before I came out um, weren't talking to me anymore. And even my family members, like it was literally, we were at a, um, a family cookout and one of my cousins literally pulled me to the side. And he was like, oh, I heard you're gay and stuff like that. Uh, well, I just want to let you know that I'm not, so don't bring that gay stuff around me. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, are you serious? Like, bro, like, why do you, why do you feel the need to tell me that? Like, what? Um, and so it was really, really hard. But at the end of the day, again, I'm in this mindset now, still, of, you know what, I'm going to live for me, I'm going to do what I want to do at the end of the day. Um, and so I start I enter inside of a relationship uh, for about two to three years um, with the guy from my high school. Um, he I think he was a year. Yeah, he was um, in a different like higher grade than me in high school. Um, and we start, started having sex left and right um, being very sexual, like even like and i know this listen i and i want to be like as authentic authentic as i can like even to the point where like you know i open myself up to like orgies and things like that it was it was crazy guys like i was deep into sexual sin i was deep in it and i didn't care because it felt good like i didn't care because it felt like i was being my authentic self because it felt like i was finally able to have control over my life and stuff like for so long like it felt like my dad had control over my life my mom my, uh the foster care my grandmother my family the church that we went to like even some my friend groups but finally this was something that i had all to myself and that no one else could dictate for me but me um and so i continue in that relationship with him but the thing 
that happened was, and like, this crazy, like, I started even before I placed my faith in Jesus, I started to develop convictions about being in the relationship with the guy that I was in. Like literally, like I wasn't even be a believer, guys. And I started to develop like in my heart, like literally like thoughts like, man, this is wrong. This, this, this is wrong. And I could not shake the feeling. Like it was literally like, and I kid you not, I don't say this to be dramatic, but it was like, like two hands were grabbing onto my heart and squeezing it as hard as they could. That's what it felt like. And like, I tried to, and so like, I went through a period of like me, me and the guy that I was dating period of like breaking up. Um, and then the convictions would go away and then I would get back with them, then start sleeping again with them and stuff. And then the convictions would come back. And then it was just this whole process until like, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to shake these convictions. I, I I'm done. I, I'm sorry. I can't be in a relationship with you anymore. And then, so I, and it's just so bad. Like, and so like with me hearing things like, oh, like, um, with the friends that I was around, um, in the community that I was with in high school and like at the church and things like that, me hearing things like, oh, like, oh, like go be with that girl. Like go, go sleep with them. Like, oh, you want to prove that you're not gay anymore and stuff like that. Um, like go sleep with them. And so like on a high school trip, I slept with a girl and obviously it was consensual and everything like that. But like, I slept with her and I felt horrible. I felt horrible because I, in my thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I'm feeling these convictions towards guys and convictions about sleeping, sleeping with guys. I'm like, okay, well, like all these people are saying, like, go be with a girl and stuff like that. Maybe this will help me. But it felt horrible. Like, guys, I couldn't even like get aroused unless I was thinking about a guy. Like, literally, I couldn't even get aroused. And so it was just so hard and I felt so horrible. Like, it didn't feel good at all. And afterwards, I really started to, like, reflect on, like, the life that I was living and stuff. Because, like, surprisingly, in high school, like, I had very good grades. I uh, was part of the ROTC program, traveling with them, getting a whole bunch of awards and stuff. You know, having sex, doing all these things, living the, quote-unquote, American dream or a high schooler's best life or whatever. Um, but I really started to, like, take a look at what I was doing and how I actually was not feeling true wholeness. I was, it, it felt like something huge was missing from my life. It like all the sex that I was like engaging in all the people that I was being with, all the things that I was doing that quote unquote, like, you know, people in the LGBTQ plus community would say like, Oh no, like if you live in all of this, like you'll be pain free. Like you'll, you'll be free and stuff to live how you want and stuff. But it wasn't like that for me. Um, and like, as I started having those thoughts, COVID hit, shut everything down. And I couldn't go have sex anymore. I couldn't go travel with ROTC. It couldn't even go to school. Like, couldn't even, like, go to the church on Sunday. Like, couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go partying. None of that. Um, and, and then, like, so I ended up, like, graduating. And, like, I was scrolling on TikTok one day. And this guy named Kevin Lakayo, uh, I still talk to him to this day. I love him. Um, he was like, hey, come join my Zoom Bible study and stuff um, tonight at 8, 8.30. And I'm like huh, this is curious. I didn't think people did this who believe in Jesus. Okay, and it piqued my curiosity. And so, like, once everybody was upstairs asleep in my grandmother's house, uh, I was downstairs and I joined the Zoom. And this was, I kid you not, guys, this was the first time ever. With all the times that I, you know, was forced to go to church by my grandmother, with all the times that I would go to church here and there, like, this is the first time I heard the gospel in its simplicity, in its trueness. Uh, and it was 
hey, Roger, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter all the sin that you dwelt in. Guess who came to take all, all that upon himself? Your creator. Guess who looks at you and doesn't and doesn't try to exploit you and doesn't um and will never cast you out and never abandon you. Guess who looks at you with true authentic authentic love that's not conditional but ever but that's everlasting that's unconditional. It's God and he proved that and demonstrated that by living the perfect life, dying on the cross for your sins and raising again 3 days later so that you can have life. He gave up everything so that you can have everything in him. And like hearing all of that, I was like, oh my gosh. Like it was like, and it's crazy, but it was like a switch just flipped on in my heart. And in that moment, like my heart, my soul, my mind, my spirit, everything about me was saying, Roderick, this is it. This is what you've been longing for. This is the love you've been searching for. This is the satisfaction that's going to truly quench you. Like this is it right here. Your entire life, since you've been conscious of good and evil, right and wrong, this is who it is that you've been searching for. You found him, or rather he found you. And in that moment, it was like a movie was playing in my mind of all the sins that I've ever committed, past, present, and future. And I fell down on my knees and I just began to cry out before the Lord and I confessed my sins and I repented and I placed my faith in Jesus. And that was a week before I came to Michigan State University. Oh, by God's grace. And like I it was like the Lord was working so fast in me to the point where like literally the next day I started getting thoughts of like, you will not make it in your faith if you do not surround yourself with good Christian community at your college. And so I eventually got connected with a college ministry called, called the Salt Company at MSU um, and the church is called um, the Commons Church. And I, uh, have, oh my gosh, it has been like the best time, you know, ever with me, like, you know, being at the Salt Company, being at the Commons Church, like people actually walking alongside me and helping me grow in my faith. Like I, I tell you, like with all the experiences that I had in the LGBTQ plus community, none of those experiences can compare to what I now have in Christ, to what I now have in godly community, to what I now have now that I'm actually walking in a holiness. It's so, it's so much more freeing. I feel so much more free. I feel so much more joy. I feel so much more peace. I feel so much more life and life more abundantly. And this is what Jesus promised to give us in John 10, 10. He came so that we can have life and life abundantly, life to the fullest, life flourishing. Um, and so that's, that's my testimony. Uh, that's so beautiful. There's so <laughs> many points that I want to touch on. Um, but I also want to, uh, for Rashad to go, and then we're going to come back to all of these points. I've been writing them down. <clears throat> so we also have Rashad guys, um, who was there with us and the shooting and and tell us where you're at right now Rashad and how old you are and your testimony well my name is Rashad Verme I am 23 years old and I'm from Atlanta and Georgia um my testimony starts uh I grew up in a Christian home you know both of my parents were Christian spirit filled so I knew Jesus I never had a, a true relationship with him for myself um when I was around eight years old I was hanging out at one of my family members houses and they had the show RuPaul's Drag Race um, on the TV. And uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is a TV show where a whole bunch of men, drag queens, they come together uh, dressed like women and they compete for little prizes and stuff like that. And I remember um, just watching this show and uh, one of the elders who was, who was around, she said, turn that TV show off before this little boy decides to do the same things. 
And I remember going back home, just that confusion and that curiosity in my heart, like, okay, what was that? What 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 is that? And I remember mimicking the same things that I was watching on the TV. So I was secretly like at eight, nine years old, wearing my mom's clothing, um, wearing my sister's clothing, taking it, stealing, stealing her, uh, my, my sister's heels and my mom's heels and stuff and bringing it into my room and wearing her makeup and all that stuff in secret, right? Because of what was introduced to me as a child. Uh, fast forward- Did you ever do that like before? That was just- from watching RuPaul? Yeah, that was just from, well, be, before I, before it would be like, it, was, it wasn't coming from a place of like influence. You know what I mean? It, it, it was, yeah, it did come from RuPaul. It did come from watching RuPaul because I remember I didn't know anything about gay culture. I didn't know anything about the LGBTQ or anything like that. But I remember after watching that, it was this, like this desire within me to like, do what I was watching. So yeah, it did come after watching that show. Now I remember, but uh, fast forward to when I was around eight, uh, 13 years old, um, two of my peers introduced me to pornography. And so watching pornography one day while roaming the internet, I came across gay porn. And so coming across gay porn, you know, that's when the spirit of homosexuality really started to have its way in my heart. It really started to have a, a huge impact on me. And I was watching this stuff in secret. Nobody knew about it. Um, all the way up until high school, around 15, 16 years old, going into high school, you know, I played sports, like growing up, I played sports, right? But in high school, I took basketball pretty serious and I actually got pretty good. So I, I would hide my sexuality behind playing sports, you know, being around the guys, you know, um, acting, you know, more masculine and stuff like that, you know, lifting weights and being around the guys. I would hide my sexuality uh, by, through through sports. And um, fast forward to when I was around like 16, 17 years old, I started to enact on the things that were introduced to me as a child, right? And you know how the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, how our eyes are the lamp to our body. And if we allow darkness into our eyes, we allow darkness into our bodies. So that's what literally happened to me as a child, you know, just watching darkness. It had an influence on me when I was older. And I really feel like that's the reason why in today's day, in today's society, the reason why they're pushing this agenda, right? Because the LGBTQ is not a... But we're not we're not fighting against people. It's the spirit. The Bible says we fight against demons and principalities, right? Mm -hmm. And so this principality is pushing itself on the children because children's minds are sponges. And when you teach a child that being gay is okay, when you teach them a teach a child that a man and a man is okay and that transgenderism, I mean, I, I know y'all seen the books and the stuff they're trying to push into education mm -hmm. to try to uh, make this thing normalized, right? It's because ch children's brains are so are, are like sponges. So that's like literally I'm a, I'm a product of someone who was influenced as a child to that to that you know to that spirit. And so um, when I was 16, 17 years old, I try I started getting into a down low um, homosexual rela homosexual relationship with two males who later on planned on transitioning to females. Nobody knew about this. I would go to basketball games. I would I would go have sex with these men. You know, I would I would leave my house, you know, uh, say I'm going to go work out or say I'm going to there, this place, that place. And I'm going, you know, down the street to, you know, old dude's house or, you know, stuff like that. And um, it was this it was just like it, it invited so much more sin into my life. Right. Um, going, going into my senior year of high school, around 18 years old, I got a college basketball scholarship. And so I went to college on a basketball scholarship. I'm playing ball. Um, I started dating this girl at the time because I was still into girls at the same time. I was just confused. And um, at this at this girl I was dating, we got involved sexually. So I would I was having sex with her. And then I was also having sex with men at the same time. I was just confused. And this went on for about like two years. 
right? And I was dealing with heavy anxiety, heavy depression. I mean, it was just so bad to the point where I started thinking about, you know, to myself, like in my mind, I would just talk to myself and I'll be like, Rashad, you tried the drugs, you tried the sex, you tried uh, the the girls, you tried the guys, like, like try Jesus, you know? And I knew about, you know, the Bible talks about how you, sh you should train up a child in the word. You should train a child in the way that it should go and it wouldn't, and the word would never leave them. So that's, my parents grew me up, grew, trained me in the word and stuff like that and it stayed in my heart, but I never really had a true experience with Jesus myself. So I prayed a simple prayer and, and uh, around January, I say this was around like January, end of January or February of 20, January of 2021, I prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, I, uh, I, I know if I die tonight, I got a free ticket in my pocket to hell. But the only way I'm going to serve you is if you show me that you're real. Because my grandma says you're real. My mom says you're real. My my, my dad says you're real. My whole family says you're real. My pastor says you're real. But uh, I, I'm going to you're going to have to show 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 me. Uh, you're going to show you're going to have to show me who you are for myself, because, guys, I knew as a Christian, I couldn't be hypocritical. I knew I could. I, I couldn't keep my homosexuality and be a Christian at the same time. I knew I couldn't keep the pornography and be a Christian at the same time. I knew uh, I, I, I couldn't give up my, my, my lustful, you know, all the sins that I was dealing with. I knew I couldn't give these up and be a Christian at the same time because I loved it. I loved it. You know what I mean? I, I identified myself with those things so much, but I didn't want to give it up for a fake God. So I said, Lord, you're going to have to show me that you're real. And a couple of days later, after I said that prayer in February of 2021, um, I went to go hang out with one of my friends at the time, and I'm I'm a strong believer in soul ties, not only because of what the Bible says, but also because I've experienced it for myself. So I was having sex with males who later on planned on transitioning to females. So that same spirit latched on to me, that same desire. Um, in February of 2021, around January, February 2021, I had this like deep desire to act more feminine. I was buying heels. I was getting my hair done, my eyebrows done. I was wearing nails. I was just doing a whole bunch of stuff, buying dresses, all this stuff. And the Lord was just showing me like later on, I think it was at the end of last year and earlier this year, that the plan for the enemy was for me not to only be gay, but to transition to a female because I was doing a whole bunch of stuff like this, this, this confused. And um, uh, I, I was dressing like a female. I was acting like a female um just confused and i remember this specific day after i said that prayer i said um i went to go hang out with one of my friends and i left that place i, I left where that where i was at i went into my truck and when i went in my truck i went to go turn the key but i felt a presence right and it's almost like how in the old testament the bible says that the smoke the presence of god was like a smoke that will fill the temple and i like when i went into the truck i was like it's like i felt like a suffocation i didn't know it was like a thick consistency i didn't know what it was it was the spirit of god but i didn't know what it was and when i went to go turn to the passenger side to just look around the holy spirit just struck me right then and there february 2021 just boom i felt him and i started to lift my hands literally that's like i can i can vividly see myself in the car like that that specific day i had a crop top a jean jacket, silk pants, and white acrylic toenails. I was dressing like a female, doing a whole bunch of crazy things. And I remember I vividly lifted my hands up in the car. I said, in my, in my truck, I said, Lord, I give the the the, 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 the sinful desires up. I give the pornography up, the homosexuality up. I don't want to do those things anymore. You show me that you're real. And I surrender my life to you. And it was like an intimate moment I was having with the Lord. And um, 
I remember that day the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I, that's the first time the Holy Spirit ever, I ever experienced the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says when we give our life to Christ. Now, I didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, all that stuff, right? But the Bible says when we give our life to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, right? And so the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. Like I was, I, I literally felt like it's like oh, not an audible voice, but it almost felt audible the way he was speaking to me. He was like, you're going to tell your mom everything that you've done in, in your past. Now, it was the same night I got saved as I'm driving back to my dorm. And I was like, I remember just early on in my walk with Christ, I would just talk to him. I would just be like, wow, Lord. And he said, in doing so, son, you're going to find breakthrough. And my mom was like a prayer warrior. My mom was a woman of God. She would pray for me, speak in tongues, um, 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 just to speak over our lives, declare things over us. But I never wanted anything to do with that Jesus stuff. It was really cringe to me because I was in the world. You know, when you're in the world and you're filled with the devil, you don't want nothing to do with God, right? So, so I remember when God was telling me this, I was like, well, you want me to tell my mom, like all this stuff? And he was like, son, in doing so, you're going to find breakthrough. And so I fought with it for about a week. I was like, you know, Lord, I don't know if you want me to do He's like, son, do it. Like, I'm, you're going to find breakthrough. And uh, about a week later, uh, I, I, I got enough courage to, 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 to tell my mom. And I remember I called her. And once she said hello, I just felt the Holy Spirit just come over me. And it just everything came out. It wasn't even me talking. It was the strength of the Holy Ghost. That was the first time I could feel this. The strength of the Holy Ghost is backing me up. And I told her everything. I was like, Mom, I used to bring men into your house. We used to have sex in high school. I used to do this. I used to do this. I did that. I did that. You know, this is what what I this is the experience I had with God. And I remember um, she didn't say anything. I talked to her for about it. I was venting to her for about maybe an hour and 30 minutes. Just telling her everything I'd done in my past and the experience I had. And she didn't say anything on the call. And at the end, she said, at the end, before I hang, before we hanged up, she said, Rashad, thanks for telling me this. You know, um, God has a plan for you and you're about to you're about to uh, receive breakthrough. God is going to do the, the exact words that that God had told me days before was the exact words that my mom spoke to me. And I didn't even know any scriptures at that time. The Bible says when we confess our sins to one another. We, we 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 become free. I believe that's not uh, only like because the thing is, you confess your sins to God, you're already you're already free. You get what I'm saying? But there is a mental uh 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 um um uh psychological thing that happens when you release something, and it's like it's no longer a burden on you anymore. You know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like that's what is like it's a deeper revelation with that verse. But um. I remember after she hanged up, I was, I said, you know, she said, you're going to get, you're going to, God is going to do something big in your life. You're going to do, you're going to have breakthrough. And I remember I hanged up the phone. And when I hanged up the phone, I went to go lay back on my bed. And in the spirit, I felt the devil lift up a show, uh, his chokehold off of me. It was almost like from the time I was eight years old, when I was introduced to, um, 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 uh, RuPaul's Drag Race all the way up until I was, I got saved at 20 in 2021. I, it was almost like the devil had a chain on me, right? But I could feel it in the spirit. And some, like, this is the stuff, like, the Bible says we overcome the, the Satan, not by the word of God. Not saying the word of God is not powerful, but it says we overcome Satan by the word of our testimony. Nobody can argue a testimony, right? Like, this is like, I'm literally speaking the experience that I have with Christ. And I could feel in the spirit, it's like the devil took his chokehold off of me. And I could feel the burdens of homosexuality, spirits of homosexuality, lust, perversion. I could feel it come out of my body in the spirit. I was, I was laying on the bed and I started to smile. I felt peace. I felt I, I, I was free. Like I had smiled 
in between those times, I was introduced to the introduced to homosexuality all all the way up to the time I got saved. But it was like it wasn't true joy. It wasn't true happiness. And um, I remember like just this walking with the Lord. Um, ever since that day I got saved in February of 2021, I haven't gone back to homosexuality. I haven't gone back to pornography. I haven't gone back to lust. I haven't gone back to any of those things that I got delivered from. But it wasn't an easy walk. And, I, and the reason, like, I tell people, people ask me all the time, you mean that you never went back to homosexuality? Because everybody's journey is the same. It's not the same, right? Like, there's some people that get delivered from homosexuality, and then they go back, they backslid, slide, and they come back, and they backslide again and come back. That wasn't my case. Um, but I believe the, the alongside the help with the Holy Spirit, the, the only one that could help me do that was the help of the Holy Spirit. But it's like uh, uh, Zyla was saying, it, it, you 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 got to shut the doors, right? You had to shut the doors. Like I, I, I tell people, you want to start watching pornography. It's not only about just praying, fasting, and just doing those things, right? Because you can pray and fast, but still not shut the doors. You feel what I'm saying? Like the praying and fasting is to give you the strength, so when the end the temptation comes, you have enough strength to withstand. But you still got to block the number. You can't say that you want to overcome pornography, but you keep the private browser open just in case. Or you want to stop smoking weed, but you keep the Swisser or the back, the backwood just in case. Or I want to stop fornicating, but you still live with your boyfriend. You still live with your girlfriend. You still you still keep that number. You still you still got the condoms. You still got the lubricant. You still got those things just in case I sin. No, you got to shut those doors. You got to completely. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. So I remember, guys being saved from homosexuality and the enemy would just tempt me and the enemy would just put all these uh, uh pornography would just like just put these things strong temptations where i would be to be transparent samuel on your on your platform i hope you're okay with this but yeah I mean, go ahead not you can <laughs> but i would be in full erection ready the lotion is right there the vaseline is right there like i'm ready to go i'm ready to just to just go but i remember i would yes i prayed i fasted i did those things but i would lock my hands and I would go lay in my bed and I would just go like this until the erection went away. And I would keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that until I felt deliverance. You get what I'm saying? So deliverance yeah. is not only just getting um, hands laid on you and you getting slain in the spirit and all that stuff. But you also got to walk it out. And then also, you know, being around other men of God and other women of God who are like minded. God placed me around community that kept me strong. And um, I immediately started spreading the gospel. I got faith saved in uh, February of 2021. Um, in March of 2021, I started telling people my testimony. Immediately got hate, you know. Uh, people started, you know, didn't want nothing to do with me. I, I lost a lot of friends and my, my family, you know. They didn't want anything to do with me. But, you know, I started making content around, like, September of 2021, um, and God really put his hands on it. I started a TikTok. I was making videos on Instagram and a sister in Christ told me, she said, Rashad, you need to start a TikTok. I believe your videos will go viral on TikTok. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I'll try it out. So I started the TikTok and like four weeks later, I went from like zero to a 150K in like four weeks. Today, my wife and I, um, we have around like 300K followers on, uh, on TikTok. We're reaching millions of people on social media, all by the grace of God through my testimony. Um, I mentioned my wife. Um, I got saved in February of 2021. I met my wife in February of 2022. So literally a year later, 
I, I met my wife and we got married four months later. We're happily married. Uh, we have a baby boy on the way who's going to be uh, who's going to come in March of 2024. So God has um, completely changed my life. I give him all the glory. And I think when uh, to the viewers, uh, Samuel, when they watch this, I, I want to share this with them. I think a lot of people, when they listen to my testimony, they think the highlight is me being married or me having a child on the way and God's changing my desires to to like men, to liking men, to, to fully being devoted to one woman and all that stuff. But it's not about when we when we're here spreading the gospel and spreading our testimony, it's not trying to get that community to uh, the LGBTQIA plus community to to go from gay to straight. It's about getting them to go from gay to a relationship with the Lord, because it was in it was it was in that conversion from me being gay to a relationship with the Lord that God switched my desires to want a woman, right? And it's not it's not like if you don't want a woman when you're when you get converted, you're demonic or whatever the case may be. Some people is everybody has their own way, but it's in my relationship with the Lord. The Lord started to burn me. You know, the Bible says that the that the Holy Ghost is like a fire. It started to burn every iniquity out of me. It started to, I, I would pray prayers like, Lord, search my heart of anything. And I remember getting tempted and, and, and going through temptations and all these things. But, you know, I, I fought through them. And and today I don't I don't um, deal with same-sex attraction. Um, I don't deal with any of these things because God has, God has completely done a work in my life that I can't even take credit for myself for. It's, it's, it's all the Holy Ghost. So, that's my story. That's my testimony. And I give God all the glory. Wow. Praise Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Come on, bro. I mean, just like hearing all of our stories together. I know I didn't get to share a lot, but my, my audience already knows. And, and for those who, who don't know, each one of our stories are so different and yet the same. You know, like Zyla, you had this experience with the demonic attacking you and, and, and having the sleep paralysis um, which also came from soul ties, you know, and um, or flesh fold ties, you know, however you want to uh, phrase it. Same thing with uh, with Roderick. Like your story is similar to mine, which is really interesting. But I didn't have any of the abuse that happened. Like I grew up in like a really like a loving home. The only type of abuse I had was like my dad didn't they thought I was annoying every now and then. <laughs> and so, um, and then looking at uh, Rashad, like your story when it comes to having such a, a sensitivity to the spirit that you're influenced by so many different things that are around you. Just like, especially like, as I heard your story, the main thing that popped up into my mind is like, this man is a prophet, not because you have like the role of the prophet, but just because of how sensitive to the spiritual realm that you are, that even from the moment of being born again, you could hear God's voice so easily. And that's what happens with prophets is not only can they hear God's voice, but they can also hear the enemy's voice as well, just as clearly that influences them. And so just seeing how all of our stories like all come together, we all have like um, differences, but we all decided to leave behind um, our, our old lives and walk into our new lives with Jesus. And none of us are preaching, oh, you know, we have to have heterosexuality as the goal. What we're preaching is the relationship to Jesus is like just so beautiful. So I'm like, how, like how amazing that God was able to bring all of us from all of our different backgrounds saying like Roderick's different than Samuel and Samuel's different than Rashad and Rashad's different um, than Zyla. And like, and we all have come to the same agreement. And so I just think that like, yeah. that's so mind blowing. 
Um, but there are so many different things that you guys touched on that I kind of want us to discuss just a little bit from topic to topic. And so the first thing that I really kind of want to talk a little bit about is for the audience that relates to Zyla and to uh, Rashad when it comes to seeing ghosts and the spiritual realm and being influenced by those spirits. What would you say is like, how a spirit might like if someone's listening to this and they're like i really relate to that like i don't feel like i had this from birth you know like me and roderick um where we like i was sensitive from birth i i knew like there it was no like i mean probably generational curses maybe or you know sinful in general but like your stories magnify the spiritual realm and these demonic spirits that like attach themselves to you um what do you think about for the audience that is listening to that and then and they're like I, I feel like I have that too. Like, how do I get like rid of that? Bef uh, even just, you guys talked a little bit about deliverance. Like, what do you have to say about that? Yeah. Um, the blood of Jesus is enough. You know, that's one thing I wish I knew. Um, because like I said, when I was experiencing the demonic attacks, I would just, uh, just kind of curse at it, which is not the way to do it. Um, but now you, you, you go into warfare, right? Um, and then you use the name of Jesus and, and he already had one and that's the thing too. Um, but to answer your question, like if you're experiencing ghosts, um, so the Bible talks about familiar spirits and also a lot of times people think it's like their dead loved one. And I used to be one of those people. I, I thought like, oh, it's, um, you know, my, my dead loved one visiting me, uh, but yeah, the dead has nothing. Once you die, um, you know, you go to the ground or you get cremated and uh, you the the spirit, the soul has nothing left here on earth. And whatever, yeah, the Bible says that they're asleep. Yeah, <laughs> they are not coming they are asleep, to, to come right? and talk to us <laughs> until Jesus comes back and then we rise again. Right. Um, to meet him in the clouds. But um, yeah. So if if anyone is telling you like, oh, that's your dead love on visiting you or, you know, that's the ghost of the, the, the girl that used to live in this house, like these things are just demonic entities. And you, you only through the name of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus that these things will flee from you. Uh, and that's all I have to say. Like, don't, you know, necromancy, like speaking to the dead, like don't do any of that. Um, because that just leaves that those are open doors and those things will become attached to you. You can come into covenants with these things. Um, and that's like exactly what what was happening when I was younger. You know, I, I accepted it because I didn't know how to fight them. And a lot of um, me and my friends, we did these ghost hunts as well. So I think that also let a lot of those things come into my life. Um, yeah, only with the name of Jesus Christ, these things shall flee. And you were shot with um, just this specific uh, spirit of homosexuality. Like someone is like, I didn't have this growing up. And then I'll, all of a sudden I was molested or I was exposed or, you know, what would you say to those individuals that can relate to you? Yeah, I think in America, um, we are very ignorant, especially in American Western Christianity. We are very ignorant to the spiritual world, right? And spiritual warfare and the, the, the demonic, right? My family is from Haiti. Um, and so that's that's where a lot of voodoo and a lot of um, wicked spiritual things happen, right? But um, the demonic, I would say it like this. I had something in my mind. I don't want to forget it. Um, a lot of times we think that the 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 the, um, the devil, oh, he's at the club, or he's at the he's 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 in the LGBTQ or he's in this place. He's in yes, he's empowering those people to be able to do those things, right? The same way a Holy Spirit 
the same way that we need the Holy Spirit as Christians in order for us to speak the truth of the Word of God, right? It's the same way the the demonic spirits indwell other human beings to to um to to push the, the the agenda of Satan, right? And so the devil does not attack those who are already his. He already has them. He attacks those who have the Spirit of God within them. And so that's why a lot of people they, they go through a lot of a lot more spiritual warfare when they become Christians because it's like the devil wants everything to do to try to rattle your faith to get him to come back to 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 get you to come back to him you get what i'm saying to become to become to get your soul right and so um homosexuality when talking about homosexuality it is a demonic spirit it's not something that is just like a um 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 some people say that it's unnatural or it's this anything that goes against the word of god anything that is um, any action, not just homosexuality, anything that is that a human being does that goes against the word is it, coming from a demonic, uh, demonic entity that is empowering them to 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 do to do wrongful actions. Right. And so there is a spirit world. There is uh, the, the God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom. And I think we neglect the fact that um, the enemy. I'm not giving any power to the kingdom of darkness, but the enemy does have some type of power. If you keep the door open. Like he, the Bible d describes him as a serpent. If you study serpents, serpents, if you give them any type of crack, they, they slither in. So when you open doors, even as a Christian, you can allow the enemy to come in and you start acting different or you start having all this chaos going on in your home because you're allowing, you're opening portals to allow demons and allow uh, the, the, the enemy's kingdom to have power over your life. There's certain music as a Christian, right, that I don't listen to. Why? Because I don't want to invite any demons into my life. You know, I, that's why I made a video talking about secular music, um, sinful secular music. Not all secular music is bad, but sick, I'm, I don't listen to rap music that has to do with smashing girls and, and killing this and killing that. Okay, so I'm listening to that music, right? And you wonder why you're mad all the time. You wonder why you're angry. You wonder why you're so lustful. It's because you're listening to that music talking about, you know, you're listening to these R&B songs, right? Here's a deep revelation. I feel like I can, you know, if I if I have the right to share this, Samuel, about mm -hmm. R and B music, right? Because I felt like that one of the hardest things for me when I became when I became a Christian, especially with me being a part of the black community, I, Roderick. If you can, maybe you can uh, 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 pitch into. But you know, music was a big part of my life, right? And so when I became a Christian, it was like. It was like, I felt like, okay, well, I can still listen to a little R&B, this, that, and the third. But those guys are talking about sex and stuff, and they're not even married. So they have a lustful spirit within them, right? And then you, that lustful spirit latch on to you. You get what I'm saying? Even in my marriage, there's just certain things I'm not going to allow. I don't even call it bedroom music. I don't want to listen to it. You know what I mean? I don't want to listen to that type of music because I don't want to invite you know, any of these demonic spirits coming in. So I think it's about closing these doors and not allowing any of these and any any way for any room for the enemy to come in and 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 have you know uh or break havoc in your home in yeah your life no that's really good um it's funny how like as soon as you started talking <laughs> your camera was going in and out but thank god your voice wasn't <laughs> and just goes to show you right there the proof of the spirit show right there <laughs> the entire time his camera is clear and all of a sudden it's all blurry and then as soon as yeah. he stops like talking it's like normal now too oh you're <laughs> fine yeah it's crazy um but yeah so even speaking into the topic something that you mentioned um roderick was um 
uh, the lies that form from the LGBTQ, like, and I related to you in that as well, where it was like, man, all I wanted to do was just feel happy so much as like sensitive males are growing up. We, we like have like the sensitivity and then like, it's taken away from us by the abuse of other people. Um, whether that's in our friendships, whether that's in our father, you know, whether that's coming from our family members. Um, and so speaking into like the lies of the LGBTQ of just like, oh, this is what's going to make you happy. You said that Jesus was the only thing that could fulfill you and make you happy, even though you did the orgies, even though you did the sex. Um, and that's like the same thing as me. It's like when I, like there was a recent question somebody told me, which was like, but don't you feel like uh, like you want to like, you know, go and have sex and like, you know, meet that man and fall in love with the man. And I said, I don't believe in a relationship between two men. And I'll tell you why, because the things that I've been able to experience in the Lord's presence cannot even com compete, cannot even compare to like um, sex that was five minutes pleasurable and then left me feeling empty. And even when, when it wasn't a monogamous relationship, I still felt empty. But you've been through it all same way that I have been through it. What is that like that lie of the LGBTQ that you can kind of just like focus on for those individuals that are like me and you, you know, we may be romantic. We want to feel good. We want to be loved on. We want to be appreciated. We want to have compassion. Um, the lie from the enemy is what? That like, oh, this is going to bring that to your life. Speak into that a little bit. Yeah, um, I would say that. You know, because I mean, you're right, Samuel, like, you know, I hear a lot of people from that community saying, like, you know, I'm I'm happy in the way that I'm I'm living. I'm happy in the sex that I'm having. I'm happy in this. I'm experiencing joy. I'm, I'm experiencing true love and things like that. But the thing is, like, specifically with with the Bible, like. I would say spe speaking specifically towards the fruit of the spirit, like it's not that outside of God, you can't like experience some sort of some sense of like happiness and joy and things like that. But like with the fruit of spirit, the fruit of spirit is holy fruit. So like with specifically with love, like if, okay, what is holy love? Well, we know that first Corinthians 13, love is something that you, it boasts in wrongdoings. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoings, but it rejoices in the truth and stuff and so what i'm like oh wait hold on wait this is a like this is like fully my mind like this is taking me for a loop right now like you mean to tell me that love isn't like experiencing all these happy go lucky feelings but sometimes love is like having god taking some things away from me sometimes love looks like discipline sometimes love looks like this and it's better off for me um because like again in that community like you said samuel i i'm basically experienced everything under the sun, especially when it came to like all the sex. Like, yeah, I experienced all these things, but what happened afterwards? Like it eventually ran out. It ran out. It was, it was temporary. And I would have to keep going back to the sex. I would have to keep going back to the orgies. I would have to keep going back to the men. I would have to keep going back to pornography and masturbation, these things to, to try to fill up my hole in my heart to try to fill the void in my heart. And it would literally, I, I just felt like it let me more empty because like the reality is like the the hole in our heart is not a world-sized hole that the world can fill but the hole in our heart is a god-sized hole that only god can fill and when sin entered the world it separated us so much so from god that we were left empty we were left empty and void of the spirit and void of true light void of true peace 
void of true joy. And then you have all these counterfeits that come in the way and say, hey, look at me, look at me. Like, hey, like th this is peace over here. Hey, this is love over here. Hey, this is true life over here. Like come over here. And it, it and it draws you in. It And the thing is, you know, I've heard it said that sin over promises and it under delivers. Like literally, like sin always over promises the things that it can do for you, but it always under delivers every single time. But when God makes promises, not only does he make a lot of promises, but he delivers on those promises fully. And so when, when I came to Jesus, you know, the Bible says that, you know, when um, Jesus is the living water, that he's the bread of life. That we could come to him and hunger and thirst no more. And that's exactly what happened to me. And it's not to say that I don't have these temptations to go back into, you know, uh, a gay lifestyle. I do. But I know the life that I'm living now, like you said, Samuel, like uh, it's incomparable. It's literally incomparable. Like I, I cannot compare it to the life that I lived in the LGBTQ plus community because God, with God, it was just so much more better like that's why i tell people all the time like they they ask me roger why did you like give your life to jesus why did you you know leave the lgbtq plus community because jesus was better like he not only said that he was better but he proved it he he proved it like look at my life like it, you can ask anyone anyone around me at my church like in my family even people who are in the LGBTQ plus community in my family, they could even tell you themselves from their very own lips. Yeah. When you gave your life to Jesus, you're completely different. And it's, it's for the better. It's for the best. Like your life. Oh my gosh, bro. Like you're emulating, like you're emulating joy. Like you, you're, you're, you're crazy, like different, but in a good way, like even to have, like, it was just crazy. I even had a old, high schooler a friend of mine and stuff like even text me today saying Roger like and he he's living a, a gay lifestyle too and he's like Roger dude like there's so much light coming from you don't let all these people tell you otherwise like oh my gosh I see your life but because he knew me in high school he knew the gay Roger he knew the orgy having sex having like Roger and now he's seeing this this other Roger this new creation Roger and he's like oh my gosh dude Bro, keep doing what you're doing. Keep living the life that you're living because I can see that it's better for you and don't let all these other people tell you otherwise. And so that's what I would say. Like just the lies from the LGBTQ plus community is just counterfeits to what God actually wants to bring down upon people people's lives. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny um, how it's exactly what you said. The devil just under delivers on those promises mm -hmm. because all of us were chasing that happiness. All of us were chasing that, that love. And so I guess the biggest question that we have for, for each one of us is why do we feel the need to stop being gay? Why is it that, oh, I can find Jesus, but why do I have to stop hooking up with men? Why do I have to stop sleeping with women? You know, I, I, why, why are those two things exclusive? And even just to just to put in a little response there for me specifically is because like Jesus was like how you said was able to fulfill what no one else was able to fulfill. And I felt like I was stuck in like a pattern of insanity, honestly. And it doesn't mean that I don't struggle with that even still today, because I certainly do. There's parts of my life where I transgress and I go back and I'm like thinking. And that's why Paul tells us to um 
to to reform the mind, you know, to like uh, counteract the lies with the enemy, because that's never going to stop as long as we're living. <laughs> it's never going to stop. He's always going to want to come after us. Uh, but it's like reforming the mind into believing what like are, is the promises of God and to, to remember it's what God has done over our lives. But it's like, man, like the Jesus was able to be to me everything that I ever longed for and everything that I ever wanted. And if I ever wanted that from him, all I have to do is like try a little. All I have to do is just like reach out to him. And he's always there with a loving embrace. And even when I don't receive the things that I that I want, it's like it's always good for me in the long run that I didn't get that. Whereas opposed to when we go to the things of the flesh, we we ask the devil for these things that we want. Oh God, I want to dress in women's clothing. Or oh God, I want to have sex with men. And the devil just gives us freely. He never like stops us from having those things that we that are not going to be good for our lives. Whereas God, when we go to him and we're like, God, like, I think this is good. This is what I want for my life. He actually stops us and is like, no, as a good father, I'm not going to allow you to go there because that's not the purpose that I have for you. And even personally, um, a, a lot of comments, what I saw from the videos is asking us from our personal experience, not even just from scripture. Personally speaking, I have seen that like, without Bible, without anything, that the the loop of insanity of me going to chase after men and sleeping with men and, and wanting to be filled up like with love and admiration. And it was like, it was driving me crazy because it was like, I was never able to reach what I, what I needed and what I, I felt like God could provide for me as a, as a best friend, as a shepherd, as a guide, as a father, you know, especially as a father, especially for any people that have father wounds. And that's why I was like, I need to stop being gay. Like I need to stop. And by what by being gay, I don't mean not having the attractions because all of us face attractions from everything nowadays. Everything's grabbing for our attractions. Um, and lust is, doesn't have just to do with sexuality. It has It's to do with everything in our lives. It can be towards food too. So it's like, but it's, I, I stop being gay as in stop trying to uh, seek out men's approval sexually. And that's, and that's what, what I, what it meant for me in my life that I was like, this has to end. I can't say that I want God. And I'm saying that I'm giving God my whole heart. And then at the same time, still saying like, but I want the man's approval because it's either all God, like, or all man, but I can't have both those two things. Like he said, you're either going to be super hot or you're going to be cold, but you can't be lukewarm. There's no lukewarm. The Lord will spit that out because it doesn't, it's like, um, you know, two feet in two different places. Uh, it never reaches anything. There is no in between. And I think that was like, I think it was Kanye West who said that, uh, where he said like, uh, there's no fence. Like the devil owns the fence. <laughs> it's like, it's only uh, God's territory. So why do we feel like we need to stop being gay? Why did you feel, Zyla, that you needed to stop having the lesbian encounters? Um. Okay, so when we think about to the beginning, right, in Genesis, why God created us in his own image for two reasons. One, to have fellowship with him and two, to worship him, right? So in order to do those two things, we have to be humble. And the opposite of humility is pride. So when we are full of pride and we give into our fleshly desires and, and lusts, as, as you mentioned, um, and that includes wanting to have sexual relationships with, with men or women, right? That brings us further from God. 
So because we're called to be sanctified, to be close with him, just for those two purposes, to have fellowship with God and to to worship God, which is I'm bringing it back to the beginning. That's the that's our only purpose here on earth. Uh, that that's that's the main thing. Like I'm I'm focused on that. I am focused on God and having a relationship with him because one day we will meet him. We will face judgment. We'll be back with our creator. And and I'm I'm grateful for for him for for creating us like i i remember thinking like well my mom my i I, my mom gave birth to me but but god gave me my mom you know and it and i knew from i knew when i was born again when i i told my mom like mom i think i love god more than you because i I didn't (laughs) think that you could love and then and then later on i find in scripture is he does tell us to love him more than our brother our sisters right our spouses and um i think um to understand that you you have to truly be born again but um yes it's to to be sanctified to be reserved for god's purpose and anything else um that comes in the way of that is is not of god yeah that's beautiful for for worship you are offering up your body as a living temple like as a sacrifice for worship um and how how about you roderick why do you feel like the need for the exclusivity of having jesus and and not no longer interacting with the LGBTQ lifestyle. Yeah, so I would say um, because one, like again, even before I was a Christian, I had strong gripping conviction. Now I know it was of the Lord. Those convictions that I was feeling on my heart um, to that led me to um, end the relationship with the guy that I was with. But even before you know I was a Christian, I had the convictions that like being with a guy and practicing you know um, and being sexual with them in, in any type of way, shape or form romantically like, is wrong. Um, but then when I came to place my faith in Jesus, like that conviction um, solidified within me when I read the word of God for myself and what it says about practicing homosexuality from the Old and New Testament, like from Genesis to Revelation, every time the practice of homosexuality is brought up, even in the slightest, it's always condemned by god every single time like there there's no like there's no like man and man or woman and woman um monogamous relationship marriage that from genesis to revelation that god is affirming never do i see that within the scriptures and so never um and so like i had to look at that and i struggled i'm not going to lie like when i became a new believer i struggled with that i'm like oh my gosh like i God, what do you mean? Like, oh, I can't act on this, Lord. This is going to be so hard because, like, I- I'm not going to lie. I-, I had a lot of moments um, in my dorm room um, crying, um, even sometimes crying myself to sleep because, like, I'm experiencing all these attractions towards guys, but God is calling me not to act on it. And I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. And then, like, you know, um, and it's not their fault or anything, but, like, you know, the church that I'm at, they didn't have and even now like even like they didn't have people like me there uh who left the lgbtq bus community who are fighting against their same-sex attractions and stuff and so like it was just so hard for me um but like something that the lord um and again like rashad said like everybody's testimony and like journey like to get to the lord and with the lord is like different and stuff like for me specifically like god didn't take away me experiencing same-sex attractions but what he helped me to realize it was kind of like it was kind of like a paul moment almost like you know from second corinthians 12 where paul had a thorn in his flesh and paul pleaded to the lord lord take it away like three times over and god was like no my grace is sufficient for you and like it was almost like the 
exact same thing for me. God was like, he helped me come to the realization that, Roger, I'm not going to take away you experiencing these same-sex attractions. But what I am going to do, I'm going to help you to love me more than those attractions. I'm going to show you how much better I am over those attractions. And from me showing you that, you're going to choose not to go back to that on your own. And like that's 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 what happened. Like from God pouring his love into me, I loved him so much so that I didn't want to go back to that lifestyle. Like I didn't, I don't want nothing to do with that lifestyle. And yes, I still experience like those attractions, but that's not who I am anymore. I'm a entirely new creation. My identity is a son of the most high God. It's a saint of, uh, of God's kingdom, a citizen of heaven, like a, a child of his, a friend of his, as John 15 says. And so that's what I would say, you know, like, you know, primarily from, the convictions and you know partner with the scripture on um and on what it speaks about you know regarding homosexuality that's what led me to um feel like i can't live a gay lifestyle while also living a christian lifestyle but again like in and off here like i i i don't want to live both of those lives because literally again god he fulfilled everything that no man no woman no one could have filled. He literally fulfilled everything and showed me that the life laid down and lived for him is more flourishing and more beneficial and more glorifying to him than a life laid down and lived for the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, that's beautiful. It reminds me of the verse, which is um, God's loving kindness brings us to repentance. And it's yeah. just as simple as that. His love, his kindness, his grace is what literally makes us want to be like, whoa, I need to thirst more for this. I need to hunger more for this. Um, so, and Rashad, why do you feel like those two things, they can't be exclusive in your opinion? Why did you stop? Well, primarily before coming to Christ, the word of God is the ultimate authority, right? So the word of God clearly speaks multiple scriptures. Um, like Roderick said, <laughs> the word of God from Genesis to Revelation is multiple scriptures that condemns the practice of homosexuality. It doesn't condemn the homosexual, but it, it does condemn the, the practice of homosexuality. And it, it clearly says that those who practice such things will not go to heaven. Um, and those who even approve or support such things, like it says in Romans chapter one, that they will in, in, inherit hellfire the same way that those who practice such things will inherit hellfire. Um, I feel like the church is so quick to judge those who, um, to talk about those who are homosexuals, but um, well, how about fornication as well? I'm talking about adultery as well. I'm talking about every other sin that people practice, you know, committing. I can go in the basketball court right now and I can go and play 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 some ball. That doesn't make me a basketball player. But if I continue to practice it and I'll continue to work on my game and this, that, and the third, that makes me a basketball player. It's the same thing with sin. There's some people that commit sin. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. A sinner is somebody who just, you want to get good at it. You know what I'm saying? You're just like doing it, doing it, doing it. So I feel, I feel like the word of God is the ultimate authority. Now, the next step after coming to Christ, now that you realize that you are in Christ, the Bible says that let not um, let not those who profess the name of Christ, uh, the, let those who pro profess the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's 2 Timothy or 1 first, first or 2 Timothy 2.19, right? 
And so it says, let those who profess the name of Christ. It's not even talking. It says, even if you profess the name of Jesus Christ, you shall depart from iniquity. So like you said, Samuel, there's a lot of Christians now who are, are, are lukewarm. That's why I've said it multiple times on my platform and other platform, platforms as well, um, that there's no such thing as a gay Christian. You cannot be gay and Christian at the same time. It's the same thing. There's no such thing as a fornicating Christian or murdering Christian. You cannot practice sin and then practice holiness at the same time. The two don't mix. The Bible says in Revelation 3, uh, uh, um, verse 15, that 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 those who are lukewarm is either you're hot or you're cold. It's either you're on the side of God or you're on the side of the devil. And I feel like the reason why um, I feel like uh, God has given me that that call to preach boldly for him is because I used to be bold for, for the devil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I used to wear women's clothing. I used to have sex with men. I used to be bold in what I did, right? So why now come into Christ would I want to cower down and not share what God has delivered me from or not share the truth of the word of God, right? The reason why I feel like I stopped being gay is not only because the word of God says, but just feeling the love, the conviction, the fear of God in that moment when I gave my life to Christ. It was like, man, I know there's so much more better for me. I feel peace, joy. I feel happiness. I don't deal with the pain and the anxiety and all the all the past things that I used to deal with in the in 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 in, in that lifestyle because I find true peace and joy and happiness in Jesus Christ. Hey Amen. <laughs> yes. Rashad, you're such a firecracker. Um, I love it. And so I guess the last question before we end this podcast, Al, I could, you know, sit here and talk with you guys forever. Uh, what what do you walk away from from the Jubilee experience of of going there and 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 talking about your testimony real quick of just like what did you get from that experience? Azala. Hi. Okay, yeah. You know what? This is so I love that question because actually, um, so a couple of days before uh, we filmed, we filmed on a Saturday, right? I was just kind of, I was like, okay, I, I wanted to feel inspired. I want to find a testimony, uh, specifically an ex-LGBT testimony. And it was just like, I think on a Monday, that Monday or Tuesday, literally a couple of days right before I see Rashad's testimony on YouTube, it just pops up. And it wasn't on Rashad's platform. It was somebody else who was interviewing him. And I, I didn't take the time to learn your name. I just listened to your testimony because I think it was um it, the video was less than 10 minutes. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. That's a beautiful testimony. Wow. I, I was just like, I had goosebumps. And I made a joke. I told my husband, if this guy, if I see this guy on Saturday, like I want to be next to him. Like, because I, I, we didn't know, right? None of us knew who we we're going to be. Right. But I, I made a joke like I want to be next to this guy on Saturday just because I was like, oh, I love how on fire he is. And and this is this is great. So, yeah, um, come Saturday, I see him, but I didn't realize it was him first. Right. It was until I think it, while we were filming, you mentioned that you're from Atlanta and, and it just like it just clicked. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the guy. And, um, you know, wow. during our little water breaks, I, I tell my husband, I was like, that's the guy did it and um and um our spouses were out talking in the waiting area and that was really nice and then samuel i <laughs> i did not okay this is so funny so during my self-deliverance i i was going through like oh is lgbt something i need to renounce i was that you know when i was questioning like well this it's not hurting anybody you know and i didn't really know yet right um again my husband he recommended 
oh, you should watch uh, Beckett Cook's um, testimony. If you guys are familiar with Beckett Cook, he also has, uh, you know, he, his ministry is uh, no speaking to the LGBT community. Um, and, you know, I was like, OK, let me watch it. He's from Hollywood. You know, I we live around the corner and I watched his testimony in literal tears. And I was like, wow, these things exist. These, you know, these mm -hmm. kind of testimonies exist. And then I think the second or third testimony I watched, which was an ex-LGBT um, testimony, was yours, Samuel. Oh, wow. But when I met you on the film, the day we filmed, I did not know it was you. Yeah, because of the long what? hair. Because you had <laughs> long hair. It's your testimony where you're sitting in your car and you had your hair was from over here. And when I saw your testimony like a year ago, I was in literal tears as well. And uh, I love that you're from Miami. And, you know, I just, you know, I was just like, oh, I love this. Like, this is this is a thing. This is real. Um, but I only found out it was you the day after because I wanted to look everybody up. And then when I came across your platform, I was like, I saw your video and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So the fact that, you know, I, I feel like um, the way it was casted, I know there's like humans behind the scenes, like casting us. But at the end of the day, I truly believe God put us together. Um, that was not an accident. And when we're all standing next to each other before that first prompt, um, I think I heard you, Rashad, praying. Um, you were like praying and I, I felt that I needed to hear that. I heard you say, I, I don't I know exactly what you're saying, but you're like, in Jesus name. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think everyone next to me, we're all on fire. Um, no lukewarmers here. Um, I just felt the Holy Spirit when all four of us were standing there and I just immediately felt comforted. I was still nervous, though, but I was I was very comfortable next to you three. Um, and and I thank God that was is amazing. And look at us now. So, <laughs> yeah, so beautiful. Yes. What about you, Roger? What's your experience, Jubilee? Yeah, so honestly, um, I, I'm a huge like, oh, a huge reason why I said yes to Jubilee is because um, a couple weeks before, like, I even found out that like, you know, I was gonna get interviewed and everything like that. My college pastor, Austin Wallow, he came and preached at our college ministry on Thursday night. Um, uh, on Thursday night, and. <laughs> It's something that he said that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And he said that whenever there are dark places in the world, unfortunately, Christians look at those dark places and tend to step back from them instead of going into them and being the light in those dark places. And he's like, guys, Jesus called us as believers, as sons and daughters of his to be the light of the world. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not being the lights of the world, no one else is gonna do that. No one else is gonna be it because no one else is that. Jesus didn't give authority or like, you know, that identity or that power to anybody else but us as believers. And he was like, so let's step into the dark places. And then like, when I found out about Jubilee, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a dark place, bro. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, like with all yeah. like, the episodes they've been producing lately, crazy definitely a dark place and so like you know i definitely like jumped at the opportunity um and i shared it with them and like people um back here at home and like you know when i got there it, it was crazy because and like and this may be like super like random and like deep or whatever but like the day before like i um you know we filmed 
I literally had a dream and in my dream, like demonic spirits were literally attacking me and literally like showing me images of like homosexual sex and stuff like the, the, that night, the night before we went filming and I woke up at like two, three a.m. in the morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? I'm like, not today, Satan. Like, you're not about <laughs> to like throw me off my game before I go represent my Lord before billions of people. Absolutely not. And so like, <laughs> it was crazy because like when I got on there, bro, oh my gosh, Samuel, when I saw you, I was like, yes, yes, thank God. Because I I did not think, I, I thought that I was going to be, like, I was fully prepared to be the only Christian out there, like, going hard for the kingdom of God, standing firm on the word of God and being persecuted and stuff. But, like, because, like, so beforehand, and I don't even think Jubilee knew this, but me and Samuel, we follow each other on TikTok before no. Jubilee. And so I knew who he was right off the bat. I'm like, thank the Lord. This man of God knows what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was a, such a really good experience, honestly. And like, obviously, like there was a lot of disagreements and like a lot of stuff that Jubilee cut out um, of the video that they posted on their uh, on their YouTube page. But like at the end of the day, like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I truly do believe I and like us collectively, like went there and you know accomplish what we set out to do like proclaim jesus like share the truth stand firm on the word of god and represent christ well and rightly um to the world um and like obviously and like you know john 15 jesus says hey if the world if if the world loves you you're that's because you're of the world but if it hates you however that's because I have called you to be set apart from the world. You know, the student is not above his master. If they hated me, they're going to hate you too. And just with that reminder, I'm like, man, like I'm not about to let like, you know, all the hate and the persecution and what people say to me, like get to me because I know I'm getting my crown. When I go before the Lord, I know I'm getting my crown and I know I'm going to put it right back at the feet of Jesus when he gives it to me too. Um, and so it was just an amazing experience. And I, I, I do thank Jubilee for allowing me to, you know, be platformed on their social, uh, on their um, YouTube channel um, and to have that, you know, opportunity to share my faith and to share my story with the world. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. So Rashad, what was your experience and take back from the Jubilee? Um, you know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter five and verse 16, uh, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that when they see your good works, they will glorify our, our father, which is in heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the revelation I got from that is the best way to get a sinful culture to start glorifying God is by being the light. And so what's crazy, God actually answered a prayer for my wife and I by getting invited to be on Jubilee because um, I've been invited to multiple Christian platforms, TV, all that stuff um, to spread the gospel. But I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I want to go to the dark places. You know, my wife and I, we do some street preaching here and there. And I don't see the point of preaching outside the church. I want to go to the gay club. I want to go to uh, the the uh, the dark places and, and preach the gospel because it's th those who are lost that need the gospel. The church already has the gospel. God has empowered us with the Holy Ghost so that we can go out into the world and spread the gospel. Jesus did not say stay in the home or stay in the church and preach the gospel. He said go out into all the world and preach the go gospel, right? And so I, that's, that. it was an answer prayer. I'm so thankful that Jubilee 
um, that God that God opened the doors to be on Jubilee on a secular platform like that to spread the word of God. Um, I would say, man, I, I, I went in there with uh, with the leading of the Holy Spirit and especially with the council over us, um, our covering pastors and stuff is getting advice from them and stuff um, on, on what to say and, and how to approach it. And I just felt the Lord say, you know, um, this is the, this, I, I, I feel like the, the platforms that God gives us, when God gives us these platforms, it's for us to say something. It's for us to raise our voice. This, this may be the only time I get a, get, get an opportunity to do something like that. So what, what a, well, what what what's what it's the best the best thing I can do is this is this not speak my own opinion not what I want to say you know or or because because really what my flesh would want to say is I don't want to try to um I don't want to try to hurt your feelings I don't want to try to say anything that's going to be you know too too harsh or I don't want to I don't want to see you manifest but the truth is going to manifest demons you know what I mean the truth is going to make people mad and so I'm just so thankful that we have the opportunity. Um, with our prospective ministries, I feel like we all have a different approach. We all have a different uh, uh, way that God, like, it's crazy because, like, I've seen, um, I believe I've seen your content before, Zyla. I never met you before, but I've seen your content before, Sam, Samuel, like on For You page or on, on, on Instagram and stuff like that. I believe I've seen your content as well, Roderick. But the, the way that God orchestrated, I feel like um, what the enemy, the, the what the enemy had planned, for, to happen, God switched it all around because I I I really feel like that video is reaching souls. I really feel like that video is is touching a lot of people. And the words that I've been honing on to um, in this time is not only Matthew chapter five verse ten through twelve, but you know even with all the, the the I've gotten some. My wife and I have gotten some of the nastiest comments, some of the the nastiest threats and stuff like that for sp spreading the truth, right? Which which is the cost. I mean, this is the cost of discipleship. <laughs> you know, when you speak the truth in the sinful culture, <laughs> you are going to get threats. You know what I mean? But um, the when when Ezekiel was spreading the gospel, when God told Ezekiel to spread the gospel, well, to spread not the gospel, but just preach the word, um, he told Ezekiel, preach the word, but even if they don't listen to you, just know that a prophet was among them. You know, and it goes back to that verse, Romans 10, chapter 14, Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. How would they hear without a preacher? You don't got to get on your knees right then and there and say, Lord, I, I repent and this, that. And it's not about that. It's about planting the seed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some people are going to receive. Some people are not. But as long as you told them the truth, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know when I stand before God, I don't want to, I don't, I, I want to hear well done, that good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear my son, you were a coward. My son, you didn't speak up for me when I told you to speak up. My son, you didn't say what I told you to say. Neither do I want to be one of those Christians too, where it's like I, everything I'm saying is 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 um is 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 how can I say this? There's some there there's some people some people don't receive the gospel not because of the truth. They don't receive the gospel because that person was in the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Right. We were called to have a righteous indignation towards sin. But sometimes you can say things in a way that can repel somebody the opposite way. You know what I mean? And I feel like in the conversation with Jubilee, I said things the way that God wanted me to say. I felt led by the spirit, you know, to just say it the way that God wanted me to say it. 
Um, I, I felt the enemy tell me multiple times, like, hey, you should have said it this way, this, that, and a third. But I feel God saying, like, no, my son, you, I'm, I'm working for your good. I've gotten multiple texts, encouraging messages from other brothers in Christ, other sisters in Christ who have seen the video, like, Brashad, man, like, you keep keep preaching. Like, y'all did an amazing job. So I'm just glad that God placed me, placed y'all in my life, man. And I know this is not the only time that we're going to be able to do ministry together and and be able to walk together. But I'm just so grateful for this opportunity with Jubilee um, to to be on a secular platform, guys. Like like look where look look at God. He 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 brought us on a secular platform to spread the gospel. Like a lot of people don't get that opportunity, you know. And so I we, we I give all the glory to God for real. Like it's 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 just. It's just amazing to see what God is doing, I'm, and I'm believing that video is going to touch millions. Even though some of the, the 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 comments are nasty and all that stuff, I believe that I pray for them. We bless them in Jesus' name, and I trust that. Um, nowadays, uh, I, I don't want to ramble too much, but one thing my pastor said that really spoke to me was, a lot of people don't like the truth now, but there's going to come a day where they're going to be wanting to chase after the truth. So don't be surprised if this video is being bashed and stuff like that. But there's going to come a day where it's going to be like, what did Samuel say? What did Zyla say? <laughs> what did Roderick say? What did Rashad say? Because it's getting to that point. So um, I'm just I'm just so I'm I'm, I'm grateful for, for that opportunity to, 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 to be a light for Christ. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And, and I agree. I think even my experience was I would never do anything like this. Like, I hate debates. I just don't think like it does anything like I'm the type of person that I'm like I'm like Jesus when I came on the scene I'm not I'm I'm not like John the Baptist in that way I may be John the Baptist in many other ways but not like that like I'm like those who have ears let them hear you know I'm like I, if you don't have ears I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> so to even be approached with the idea of just like coming onto the platform where all it is is just like debating almost with each other of like one side who doesn't want to hear and then another side who also maybe doesn't want to hear i was like god you know do i do this do, do i go into this opportunity and um and i and i felt strongly to do it I've, I've had a strong heart now for a while for california and even for the media and um and i didn't want to go on there for the views i didn't have anything that i'm like i already have my platform and those who want to see me they can see me um it wasn't my intention to to go there and be popular. Um, my intention was just like, I know God saved me from suicide so that I could tell other people out there that they didn't have to live that life anymore, that they didn't have to feel empty, that they don't have to continue to live in that that loop of insanity that the devil tries to per, uh, perpetuate in, in, in all of our minds and our hearts. And so I was like, if I just go on there and I get made look like I look like a fool or I look crazy, that's okay if one person just walked away from that. And even the testimonies that I've heard from just people who have seen the video, like the other day, like there was a guy who was in Islam, like he's Muslim. He reached out and he said, I have never heard anyone explain. Um, and uh, like the way that you said things on that video, it, the way that I feel in my heart and what I have experienced. And he's like, Islam. And I was shocked because I'm like, right now on my page, I got like Israel stuff and not Palestine stuff, you know? And so I was like shocked, you know? And it opened the doors for those people who, who need to hear what we were saying. And so I would have loved to go on there and shared my experiences and been like, this is all about me. You know, but like all of us were saying, we came in there, we had one goal and no one prepped us for that. 
no there was no pastors in our ear like i'm a pastor my own i got nobody like i got my mentors that's it and they did i, I didn't go to them to prep for this <laughs> like i was just like i'm going to this show pray for me um and same thing with you guys you know like it's like we just went in there and holy spirit had its touch and he knew what he was doing with all four of us in all our respective ways and and man, like just look at the miracle of God. I think one of my favorite things walking away from that was that every single prompt we were completely united. There was yeah. not a prompt where we didn't where we broke up. It was yeah. like every prompt we came in together or we came out together. And that just goes to show because like in other videos that I've seen from Jubilee, people are walking away, have differenting opinions, but that's what happens when you know the word of God. And when you study the word of God, you know what the truth is and you, and you know, you have to stand up for it. And so I was told by a friend actually that a lot of the things that we were declaring on that video is actually God's prophetic message to this generation. And so there was a lot of warnings that we, as being in the ex, uh, being in the LGBTQ was a prophetic warning to our generation of like, oh, if you want to celebrate pride, this is what is going to happen. You know, if you want to indulge in your pleasures, you're going to feel the emptiness, you know? So it was just, once again, God using our voices, using our perspectives. None of us are perfect. Um, none of us had the perfect answer, but he used each one of us to say what he wanted us to say, because the like the most of what each one of us had was a, a spirit of like prayer we were all in prayer i'm sure probably some of you guys were fasting too you know like it's like we were we went in there and we're like we want to be a mouthpiece for you god and so i thank jubilee for giving us that opportunity and and i went up to the director afterward and i told the director i was like thank you for allowing me to speak here because i have been to many churches that have not allowed me to speak and you wow. you have allowed all of us to come on here and speak and so it's just, I think, how beautiful uh, <laughs> the way that God works. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity. Even like what you were saying, Rashad, like this is not the last time that each one of us will be able to minister to, with each other. And, uh, and God has a special purpose and a special plan for each one of us. And so, guys, this this podcast has been incredible, has been beautiful. I wrote down so many other things I want to I wanted to say. I have to have each one of you guys on individually <laughs> again. Uh -huh. Um, and yeah, guys, and once again, if you're watching this and you made it all the way to the end, like pray for us, pray for Rashad, pray for Roger, pray for Zala, pray for me, because, you know, it's not easy getting up there, being ridiculed by the world. And of course, the devil wants to attack those who were the mouthpiece, those who, who had the, the face of the cameras, you know, on them. And so pray for each one of us, pray for our, um, pray for our hearts, pray for our protection, Pray for the success of our ministries. Pray for the growth in our characters that we continue to walk in um, and finish the race out and finish it good. Because the last thing that we want, you know, like 10 years, 20 years down the line, we see a repeat of Exodus. We see a repeat of like these individuals that they went back to the lustful life, you know, and that's, we declare that's not going to happen in Jesus name. <laughs> and wow. it's like, because we've tasted and we've seen the Lord, but pray yeah. for us. The church needs to be able to pray for um for all of the LGBTQ who have come to Christ and of course for the LGBTQ who have not yet come to Christ. And so what a pleasure, guys. Thank you everybody for watching. Any last words, guys? Anything you want to say? <laughs> yeah, I would I would just say, guys, like 
you know, following Jesus is costly, but it's all the more worth it. Like, you know, Jesus does call us to deny, you know, a lot of things when we place our faith in him, but it's for the benefit, but it's for like us flourishing rightly the way we were supposed to. And for us to, in our flourishing, bring glory to God ultimately. And I just want to let you know that like Jesus, he's better. He is the better. Like whether you're, you're, a heterosexual having like heterosexual sex and like doing a whole bunch of heterosexual sin like outside of marriage or whether you're in the lgbtq plus community and you know jesus is the better he's the better that you've been looking for he's the love that you've been searching for he's the satisfaction that you've been longing for he's he's everything in one so i just want to let you guys know that and then i would say you know if if you are watching this video and you have any family members or any friends that are in that lifestyle of the, of the LGBTQIA+, share it, share it with somebody. You know, um, if you are in that community watching this this video, we just want to let you know that Jesus Christ loves you and he has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. You know, I know that um, you have a lot of questions. I know you feel a lot of, uh, you may even feel guilt. You may even feel shame. But when you come to Christ, there is no guilt. There is no shame. As long as you repent and you and you surrender yourself to Christ he he will take a he will take every bit of bondage every bit of shame every bit of guilt he will he will cleanse it he will he will make you whole and make you a whole new person each and every one of us have a testimony we're not here preaching a or a religion we're here preaching an experience with Jesus Christ and he wants to have that um rela relationship with you i feel like I don't feel like Jesus Christ is up in the heavens right now, you know, just looking down at you and saying, whoa, whoa to you or just that in the third. I, I believe he he does hate sin, but I believe Christ's arms are open. and He's like this waiting on you to come to him and so that he can caress you and so that he can change you and cleanse you into the man or woman of God that he has called you to be. And so um, we love y'all. And that's why we're here doing this, because we love souls. We love we have a special place in our heart for the LGBTQIA plus community. And we want to see y'all saved. And the Bible says in Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine, that it's not God's will for no one to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You know, repentance is not just saying telling God, I'm sorry. Repentance is a, is a complete conversion and turning away from wickedness. And so um, God loves you and he wants you to repent. And so that's my message that I have. No, but you know what? Um, I, I love how Rashad ended it. You know, yes, uh, God calls us to repent and um, that's how we will be saved. And he calls us to have a relationship with him. It's not a religion. It's not a cult. It's faith in in the most of uh, our creator, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you guys join us on our next episode. I'll see you guys. Bye. Bye.